0: This is Karen with Coach's Corner Chats. I just want to take a moment to say thank you, thank you, thank you for the support of this podcast. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button and take a moment and fill out a review. It makes a whole lot of help in terms of growing and developing this podcast. Enjoy today's chat. Peace. Hey, this is Karen with Coach's Corner Chats and joining me is Mary Whistler. Mary, where are you at and what are you up to?
1: Uh, Currently at Purdue Northwest, a university located in Hammond, Indiana, uh, Division II NCAA school. I uh, started there in February and I'm looking to rebuild the program or build the program. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm up to right now.
0: What was the experience that first year uh, in Indiana?
1: Oh, Tough, toughest year of my life, uh, honestly, like in terms of competitiveness, it was really tough. We literally went 0-18-1, um, but in terms of like knowing what I'm building and knowing what kind of pillars I'm looking for in every recruiting class, 23 is going to be the first real like full class that is, you know, kind of exemplifying, you know, everything that I'm looking for um, that will help like bring out some of the talents we actually currently have. So um First year was tough, but honestly, it's it's they're they're great, they're absolute great people. Uh, the school I work for, the admin support is awesome. So, I have the pieces, and now it's just like the patience of building something is years. And you might think you're ready for it as a coach, but like actually doing it versus thinking you can do it is very different.
0: Was this your first experience at the at the head coaching level?
1: Uh, I did three years as a head coach at a junior college um, over in Perrysburg, Ohio. Owens Community College used to have a women's soccer program, D1. Um, I started that program there. I was pretty young at the time. Honestly, did three years there, but took them to 10th in the country. uh, Went to the NCAA tournament, or the NJCA tournament in Melbourne. Um, So that's kind of like honestly where I fell in love with coaching, which is funny because like I'm 10 times the trainer of what I was when I had that success. It was just like – I put a really good group of people together and just that uh, just made it fun for them to play and they loved it. So now I actually know how to teach.
0: Was that experience with Owens and helpful going through this past year of like, I know it's gotta be hard to every day, come out to practice and training and, and keep staying on top of it and rocking and rolling.
1: Uh, Yes. I mean, it is. Cause like, like, I mean, it sounds sad, but my first season at Owens was 12 and eight. And like, I just remember that being kind of hard. And now it's like, this it's like, whoa, what I'd give for that. Um, but, you know, it, it's just different. The level of the GLIAC compared to some of the junior college teams we played against, like the level just is night and day. The GLIAC is very competitive, you know, from top to, well, but, you know, from the top down, like very competitive. The junior college conference, not as much. So. The one thing I promised myself, I'm pretty self-aware is just to literally not lose myself this past season is, is this will be the season that I'll be proud of like who I am for the rest of my life because it's only going to go up from here. So it was like, how much of my pride, how much of my ego, how much can I swallow this year? Because like, they need to know that you're not going to turn on them. You took this program, you know, knowing exactly like how much work you're going to put into it to build it. These players are here for it. Like they're ready for it. So it's just to me, it's like I had to make sure to stay true to who I was and what my vision was.
0: You mentioned earlier uh, the word pillars. What were some of those things that you look at and go, these are foundational for us to make that steady rise?
1: Uh, I mean, it's recruiting, right? Like for me, for like if you're talking about just for my staff, like it's an emphasis on just recruiting and recruiting hard-nosed players who but maybe I told no top schools at my conference and they have this chip on their shoulder to change this thing around. I want, I want, I want those. Like I kind of want the grudge holders, you know, like, so those are my pillars. Like within recruiting, I want the players that are constantly looking to compete when the college coaches go home. Like, who are you when I'm not looking? Like, I don't want the kid who just shows out. And then behind our back is like the one that's taking plays off and so on. Like that's not going to help B Change this thing. So, in terms of pillars, big focus is recruiting. Second is mental health. The players I currently have just had a didn't have a great college soccer experience, and so my job was to literally win lost tie, love the sport you've loved your whole life. um and that I can honestly say, I feel like I really did with just their feedback um and so on. so but that that's the second pillar, mental health. And then third, honestly, it's just competitiveness with and like around everything we do. So um, those are kind of my main three, really, with focusing on what I'm doing. Um, And they all tie in together because, like, I mean, you know, it's soccer.
0: (laughs) Talking about soccer, when did you get into the game? Like, have you been playing it since your youth? what What did Mary look like as a youngster rocking and rolling with sports? Right,
1: Just crazy little small town indiana kid you know like toe ball in at seven like <laughs> you know like back up big toe ball no i'm i mean i'm serious but i'm kidding like it's funny now that i'm like at this different level of coaching this sport and like realizing like what kind of small city small town kid i grew up as um you know but like oh god i uh, scored at least one third of my college goals with my head maybe even half i put up at least over 30 i mean as an all-american at nai I met some of the best coaches in the entire world because my head coach, uh, Ken Newber, University of St. Francis, NAI in Fort Wayne, uh, he went off to Notre Dame my senior year and he literally won a national title the year after with Randy Waldron. Um, But him getting me into working at Notre Dame's camps uh, throughout my college experience, that's kind of like what led me into this like whole different world of like meeting some of the best. Um, And those guys are what, like those guys and women really just like, they're different in the way that they just were like really like, like comforting. They bring you in and not like, hey, don't look at my session, don't do this, don't do this. Randy Waldrum, the first thing he did after he won a U23 like World Cup was sit down a bunch of us coaches and hand us all a packet of everything he did with the team wow. and then bought us a beer. You know, it was like, that's the kind of people I grew up with and that's the best of the best to me. What he's doing at Pittsburgh right now is incredible. So it's like, those are, those are the people I'm like, Oh my God, I can be a people person. I can play this sport, I, you know, like be around this sport. I've loved my whole life. Uh, you know, so it's just kind of that. I, I, I don't know. I feel so separated from my playing days now that it's even hard to like really talk about them, but it was those people from St. Francis leading to Notre Dame that got me to California and got me back to Indiana. So it's just like, those people have been incredible in my journey.
0: You mentioned kind of, being disconnected from the player days but what was it about as a player at st francis what made that coach that went on to notre dame and the, and the what makes them so special beyond just the relationships and all that what, what other things kind of stood out to you
1: i think ken was honestly probably the first coach that really kind of let me be me like i he, I mean, most coaches have leadership qualities, right? Otherwise, like, I don't, I'm not really sure what we're doing. But like, I, I'm just like a natural leader. Like, I'm, I'm the one where you're sitting in the room and everyone's like, we're just laughing or we're, talking, or we're talking about something deep or I'm listening and I'm, you know, like learning about somebody in the room. So it's just like, I could get the most out of people, but usually because I loved them, you know? So like, I naturally have done that with friends in my life, family in my life, um, people in my life. And I do that for the, my players. Um, but Ken let me be me Um, you know so at St. Francis like he let me lead from a young age as a freshman even and um, him kind of letting me just kind of take take what I wanted with my my college career and let me run with it was probably really really important to my development like who I am and I'm a clown so like as for as funny as I was that's how much trouble you also get in (laughs) you know so just like kind of let me just like mature on my own timeline and it's like Thank God, because I'm still having so much fun with what I'm doing.
0: You mentioned California. How How does, sounds like Indiana's kind of home and you've done a lot there. How How does one end up heading to California?
1: Uh, people I met from Notre Dame. So a buddy um, got a head job out at Academy of Art Division II school in the Park West um, and brought me along. I was the head coach at Owens at the time. Um, I don't know if anyone knows Midwest, you know, like Juco jobs, like they're you don't get paid a lot of money for a lot of them. Uh, so honestly, like needed to, health insurance, uh, needed to get back into a four year. So I took an assistant role, went out to San Francisco um, and honestly just kind of worked from her and just it opened up my eyes to like the world. San Francisco is so like, it, it's culturally very, very diverse and very incredible for small town Indiana Mary to go off and actually see like what, it, what is the world. Um, and then the travel involved there, right? Like we're heading to Hawaii compared to like everywhere I went in Ohio. I was like Illinois. No offense, you guys, if you're from these states, but, like, you know, our flyover states, like, but it's like my travel. It was San Diego, Arizona, Utah, Washington, Hawaii, Vegas. Like w- what a cool like year of just recruiting and playing games. Um, so yeah, California was really cool. And honestly, just like letting me grow up in a way that like just let me see the world and let me see the people I coach.
0: Before we get too far ahead, how did the Owens job even come about? How did you end up like landing there and creating a program that ended up being very successful?
1: Absolutely. So I was at the University of Finley at the time, which is in Finley, Ohio. Um, Really good program right now. Um, But yeah, I got my master's there. I was assisting Andy Smith at the time. I just did two years, got my master's in education. And honestly, I didn't know I wanted to coach. I didn't know you could coach full time. By the, like, when I was there, so I saw just like, I just don't know what to do without soccer. So I was just around soccer. um And then, just kind of when I got that Owens job, it was more of, I liked the area. I, you know, I, my friends were all located in Ohio at that time. So a uh, dad of a kid I used to coach from Finley um actually called me up and said, Hey, my younger daughter wants to go here and play for you. And I'm like, I don't work there. You know, like, that's weird. And he goes, No, I know some, like, I'm going to get you an interview. Like, he goes, you need to apply for this. Like, this is a great job for you. And I'm like, okay, great. So that's all, that's all that came about. Really random. Honestly, I wish it was a better story. But it's just, yeah, just applied. And that's where I really fell in love with it, though. Like, watching players just want to run through a wall. Like, and just getting them to have so much fun that that's just what they're doing every day. And I don't know. There's just a way to coach that it's just like, if you can get players to want to be there, then your job just becomes so easy. And if, and if they don't, then it's probably a lot of reflection.
0: Wow. That's powerful. The, (laughs) so Owens goes, you end up out in California. How long are you in the San Francisco area?
1: Uh, I was in San Francisco. I did two years at the Academy of art. I kind of moved around a bit out there. I did two years at Academy of art and then I went over to St. Mary's in Moraga WCC with like Pepperdine, Santa Clara. I did that for two years, just a volunteer assistant. And I was a technical director at the same time. So I took out a technical director role to go volunteer at St. Mary's, so I could kind of like balance it out. California's expensive, I don't know, you know. Um, so just having to make things work, but it was it was a really cool experience to go see what the WCC was like. Um, did two two seasons at St. Mary's, and that's when I was kind of like leaning a little bit towards getting almost out of college soccer. But Tracy Ham's a good friend of mine. She's a head coach at UC Davis, and she told me I'd be crazy to ever do that. Um, and there's no way she was going to let me leave college coaching. And she talked to me into applying to Cal State East Bay. And that's when I found uh, one of the best mentors of my life, Robin Hart, who Lonnie talked a lot about. But Robin Hart was just like, talk about a coach who understands building a staff and letting that staff be exactly who they are in their strengths. That's what Robin Hart did. And she let me run away with recruiting and training. And those are my bread and butter. So that's where I kind of fell in love. And that's what California really shaped me was those journeys from Academy Park to St. Mary's to East Bay, where I was at for four seasons.
0: When you look back, what was it that was making you start to say, you know what, maybe coaching college isn't for me. What, what was the impetus or the, maybe the spark that was kind of maybe pushing you out of the game a bit?
1: Um, I think it was like, obviously like, no, the more you're inside on interviews and what, what ADs are looking for with head coaches you kind of understand a little bit more of the points they're checking off with what you know they're they're going through and like in terms of success you know my JUCO thing was really the most success I'd had academy you know Academy of Art wasn't St. Mary's really wasn't and it was kind of I was kind of running into these these and I was a little jaded to be fair like it was like I knew that I was good and when I had my own thing I could run it well. Um, you know, and it felt good, but it was just like, I was watching people who would get fired for mistreating people and then rehired in a head job and it would be a head job you'd applied for. And it's kind of like, you know what, maybe I'm having so much fun with club and just like, literally I can impact a hundred, 150 kids in one night out at club. So it's kind of just like, you know what, like maybe like, you just don't need to keep feeling this way. And, but like, I'm glad I stuck it out. I'm glad East Bay worked out because I think it was just finding Robin and letting her like show me how to be a little bit more disciplined with certain things, not expecting to be handed the job, um, you know, just a little bit more things. But she also like is a big advocate for women. But it was kind of like me meeting the road of where I was like giving myself a wall first where the actual wall was. And she helped me kind of rip down those boundaries a bit and like internalize like, well, what do I want? And just that was really helpful for me because I kind of built up my own walls. When when we get rejected from things, we naturally start to separate ourselves so we stop feeling pain, and that's kind of what was happening to me, and I didn't even realize it.
0: How important is like that type of self reflection and awareness important for you to? You talk about mental health and the pillars with your group now. How important is for them to kind of see and hear these types of stories from you as the role model? of a you know a female coach that's rocking and rolling at the college level
1: i think it's massive and honestly if i was in a soccer coach i'd be a therapist like i am massive on just like watching behavior and just like really reading the room and and just acknowledging if i did read the room wrong and just like giving that i i think it's absolutely really massive to let go of a lot of anger like i just think this world is so nuts that there are so many different angles we can grab something and be like feel really jaded from our experience as uh you know as a woman as a you know an african-american like just like there's i I don't know what it's like to be an african-american but as a woman i've just had some really powerful discussions with with specifically some black coaches about their struggles in the in the you know so i just don't want to leave that platform just for women right now i just feel like it's for minorities honestly also but um i just think it's really important to reflect and try to let go as much anger as possible because it comes out in the areas on the people we probably love the most so just kind of like learning to navigate that and not carry that baggage into my life my home life specifically with Alani even you know It's like I'm sure she loves that I've learned to find ways to let that go
0: you've mentioned Alani for those that don't know who is this person and how does this how does she <laughs> how does she work into this whole relationship you have
1: Lonnie's my wife. Um, She also is a head coach at Chicago State. And so, yeah, sorry. Apologies, though. But like, it's just crazy. I get a sounding word of another head coach at home. So I just try not to carry all that stuff home because it is soccer is what we do. It's not who we are. And for our whole lives, most of us as coaches, we played. So you, you did identify as this athlete for so long. And just like through COVID, the one thing like Lonnie and I really focused on was like giving ourselves other things in our life that, are not us as a soccer coach like we need other hobbies we need other pieces to escape especially while i'm building this program like i gotta come in and i gotta show up after one day off and like if we have mondays off i gotta be ready to go again on tuesday and i gotta act like everything's freaking great like you know what i mean like you you gotta have the attitude that you're asking them to have And so like, just like making sure that I was taking care of my mental side and just like really switching off of soccer coach and refreshing myself and coming back to being a soccer coach is massive. And so, yeah,
0: I know she's really, Alani was, was on the podcast before and was, she's very self-aware, self-reflective and what have you. Um, Is that a similar case for you? You, like you said, I'm a leader, but I'm very, I love my humor. I love to have fun. Um, is there a little bit of a yin and yang between the two of you in terms of personalities and focus and all those types of things?
1: I would I'd like to think she got her softness from me. She's naturally actually a little bit more like can be like crack the whip a little bit harder than I can sometimes, which I actually am jealous of, you know, cause I am just like this softy at heart where like my behavioral flex is actually having to go up a notch, you know? but I can do it to get whatever like we need in that moment, you know, when I'm in training or in a game or at halftime or post game or, you know, pre-game, like I can flex, but I'm the soft, like I'm softy at heart. Like it is literally like, I'd rather literally hold hands, skip around and win games, but that's just not what we do. So, Um, but we are good at reflecting. I'm I'm really big on just language matters. Um, And I say so many things that you're like, I don't even know if that made sense. But if I'm the first one to make fun of myself first, it's like everyone's like, okay, coach, thank you. Because no one heard a word, you mumbled all of that. Like, I just think if I accidentally misspeak or if I accidentally offend, or if I accidentally just constantly showing them that I'm working on me and it gives them a safe space to do the same. Um, And so we just try to like carry that in every aspect, like with our friends, with our family, with everything. It's just like, we really just try to be as quality of person as we can. But that's why I kind of married her because she is quality. And I think she sees the same in me and she can communicate. And that's why I think our relationship is actually so strong as our communication. But that's me in everything I do.
0: You just mentioned family. What was it like when you left small town Indiana and headed out to California? How have your parents been in terms of like watching you kind of kind of figuring your way out and here you are yeah. now back in Indiana, rock and roll, heading up a program. Oh,
1: my, my family's so cool. They were so pumped that I was like in warmer weather. They text me when it's like negative 10 in Indiana and they're like, good for you girl. And now like, here I am back in like negative 10 weather. I'm like, here I am you guys, like, what are we up to? But no, uh, they were honestly really proud of me. My parents divorced when I was like 10. Uh, mom remarried, but I lost my stepdad in 2015. Um, dad but now they're both single brother married a wonderful woman my sister-in-law and they have two kids um they they were honestly super supportive of me I lived in Finley Ohio and I didn't see them as often or as long as I'd spend time with them when I was home from California so it's about the quality of time not the quantity of times I see them at home you know it was like I'd come home then for two weeks and just like what we do in those two weeks was just a little bit more like bonding and special and you know, like there's just more effort put into everyone coming to see me and spend time and me spending time with them. So honestly, it was a blessing because it really made us really appreciate each other with the time we had.
0: You talked about the impact of the coach, not only on you, but also Alani when you're in California, how long were you able to kind of find your wings and and what have you in terms of recruiting and running sessions and what have you?
1: Um. I honestly, I, I think the mixture of you know being at Cal City State because we that that was another program that never made their conference tournament um, ever, and so when we started there, they typically finished you know thirteenth, twelfth, eleventh, the bottom of the CCAA. and so like I think when we started to kind of inch our way up every year, and I started to then be building this club team also this unite I had this U seventeen club team that went from. National Premier League level two, and we jumped by finishing second. Stake up the Champions League. So I was having this, like, kind of this confidence with this club team, and I'm playing against some high level ECL teams with this, like, not ECL team, ECNL team, and just competing. So, like, having some success against some better teams and just kind of got you know, let's be honest, our sport a little bit of cockiness is good for us. Like, a little bit of ego is like that confidence, right? And it, as long as obviously there's people who are really annoying with it, and we all should be at the right times. But I just kind of had a little bit of like, honestly, swagger about like myself at that moment. Because then I'm recruiting these kids because they're seeing me out at this higher level. Like, so I'm pulling these kids and getting them to come to Cal State East Bay. And then just every year we're finishing higher and higher and higher. We missed the tournament. We finished seventh, top six goal. Next year we finish third. We win it. Go to the NCAA. So it's just like those things kind of happen. But that was because Robin taught me to like actually be a part of the process, not just keep trying to jump the line. And then honestly, I was working for somebody in both places that let me be me. So they let me do what I was good at. And honestly, just like having fun coaching is when I'm in my element and when I can build something. So that's kind of what did it for me. That's where I found like my groove, like was literally when both things were going really well. I coached a really incredible group of people up at Club, at Livermore Fusion, and then also uh, um, at Cal State East Bay. So those, those players were just incredible people too.
0: It's interesting that Owen's new program, you're talking about there that you had to start with a team that was usually at the bottom of the table. Now you're at, in, you know, in <laughs> Purdue, Fort Wayne and all that. And they're trying to, is that just something yeah. you're good at? Are you good at taking what, what looks like a little spark and then able to build it? Is that one of your kind of strengths?
1: Yeah, I'm in Purdue Northwest though. They are different. My compared bad. to Purdue Fort Wayne that's okay just want to clarify because i just in case he's listening um <laughs> it no it it is like that's I think higher like this one is probably going to be it it is my biggest project because they have you know kind of just had a different culture for so long so really getting them to flip and believe it it takes more time because I can get them to believe it one day than the next day but then there's three days off so it's like getting that consistency, but it's also going to come with bringing in new players, fresh faces, fresh energy, different clubs, different kids. But no, I mean, a, a recruiter called me for this job, you know, and kind of mentioned that, hey, we have our eyes. At, like, this is this is your local area. This is kind of I'm an, I'm from an hour and a half from here, though. So not really like super familiar with the Chicago area, but. You know, so the recruiter just kind of like just freaking fed my little ego, everything that I needed like, you know, like, you know what, you're right. I, I can do this. I love doing this. And honestly, like I, I'm not going to say anything because I just like I got to I got to walk the walk. Like I have to have results before I say that I'm going to do this. Like I have the utmost confidence in what I'm building and my staff and the admin. And But I got to really show results. Otherwise, like it's like, am I good at it?
0: What was the conversation like? So Alani is coaching in California while you're out there as well. What's the dynamic of you two now? Like the your relationship personally is starting to grow and blossom. You're like, this might be this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. Yeah. Now I've got some opportunities coming forward and she also gets some opportunities. What are those conversations like? Are we supportive? Are we like, look, I'm gonna go with you? Or no, we're going with you. Like, how's all that work out?
1: Yeah. Garen, I don't know how COVID was for you. Um, where are you located?
0: I'm actually in Middletown, Ohio. Well, so I'm literally uh, all these Finleys and and Owens. To, I went okay. to school up near that way, so I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Okay. Cool. So you so like well, during COVID, California shut down compared to everything around here. Like, so like there was just a lot of soul searching. So we had a lot of conversations. Um, and the one thing that just like I kind of noticed is like, look, I. I've been really happy coaching a club team. I've been really happy coaching a kid's club team. I've been really happy coaching camp kids. I've been really happy coaching high-level college. Like, I enjoy the high-level college the most because I can expand more there, right? But I enjoy it all. And so the one thing I just told her, I was like, look, if we, you know, are going to do this thing, like, I just need to be coaching in some aspect. You know, so like, wherever you, whatever your journey is, like, I just want you to know, and this is back in COVID, so it's just like, I can, I can take plays off, like, as long as I have you. Through COVID, I didn't have soccer, and I had you, and that's what got me through it, right? Like, soccer wouldn't have got me through that. I can imagine a big whirlwind of, depre- like, depression through COVID, and I'm sure I experienced that in some ways anyways, but, like, you know, without her. So she wasn't what I needed in the beginning. She was what I wanted, and now as my partner, she is who I need. You know, she completes me um so soccer is what I do it's not who I am um so that was kind of our discussion is just like at the end of the day if it's rock paper scissors you know or it's pick one it's like well it's Lonnie you know And, and that's easy for me so in terms of us making decisions coming out here to Indiana it was like well the location needs to be somewhere she can challenge herself. what's better than Chicago area soccer Right. The club level is good. The colleges around here. Like I'm friends with the people at Notre Dame. I knew John Marevich of Valpo, like, you know, there's a number of colleges in Chicago. I don't have any contacts out that she can make. So it was just kind of like that. It was more of like, let's make sure we keep thinking of locations that let us drive. If we leave. like, that let us keep going in our career path, if we move. And that was kind of the big thing. That was a long answer for a small question. I'm sorry.
0: Well, I, I, you, everyone knows that that has ever been in a relationship. When you start looking at moving for jobs and all that stuff, it's not a a quick, easy decision. Right. um, And what have you. So the answer was spot on. Uh, What was it like during the fall when you were both coaching, were you able to catch any of her games? Was she able to catch any of yours Uh, you know, you talked about the dynamic of kind of having another coach to talk to Were there times where you're like, look, I don't want to talk about soccer when I got back. Like, how did you balance all of that and still like support uh, one another, you know, either in person yeah. or in some other fashion? Oh,
1: Karen, great question. All all the time. Sometimes it was just like, hey, 10 more minutes, no more soccer talk. Like, my brain, because like, it's like, then you should, like during the season, that's what we're, I'm dreaming about soccer, right? I'm dreaming about the session. I'm dreaming about like, it's like, please stop. Please stop. Just a little break. Like my mind just like, you know, it's like just a little break um but no like I went like her game me and my like my dad came to one of my games and then after we drove to Valparaiso and watched her get her first win as a college coach um and that was just really cool so to be there in person so it's just like I just to me I think I might be one of the few um and I think this is my ADD I can go be a fan and not analyze a darn thing like I could if someone asked me if you're if my dad asked me like hey would you ball on? like I'm sure I can give him an answer but like I'm watching the game to support my future wife, you know, now wife. So it's like I can be a fan really quickly. So those that constantly analyze things, I'm like, are you any fun? Like I worry about that, but I'm pretty good at switching that off and just being a fan of hers and just letting her be a sounding board to like her frustrations. And if she wants my opinion, I make sure to be very like upfront and ask her, "Do you want my soccer opinion? Do you want my coaching?" My coaching opinion, or do you just want me to listen? And that's like really important because she doesn't always need to hear what Coach Mary thinks. She just needs to be Coach Lonnie. And I just need to like let her vent because she typically gets there on her own anyways.
0: You've mentioned uh, communication, language is important, listening. Where And then like being a leader, even when you were a freshman in college, where did that Come from? Is that something you just kind of naturally, even through high school and all that kind of stuff, or was it just the situation at St. Francis and then being with the coach that went on to Notre Dame and just kind of being around really great role models that have created this really high quality Mary that we have right now?
1: Um, I, it's kind of a weird thing to be like looking back, like no, I've always been a leader, but I, I just think I've always kind of marched the beat of my own drum. Um. But I've also just I've I've had a really good group of friends, in literally every team I've ever played on, um, I've always just been the one to kind of really pull the whole group together. Like, if so and so is not getting invited, then I'm the one making sure the kid is attending. Like I'm like I did that I did that back in middle school. I would make sure the the player on my club team that was the most kind of like naturally right. There's just clicks. I was the only, like just always pulling that bottom kid up with me always. Uh, lunch tables, anything. Like I'm a very inclusive personality in terms of what I do. Um, Any new coach that worked at Notre Dame's camp, oh my God, I'm inviting you out. Come on, we're going here. Meet all these other coaches. Come on, you don't like, so it's just, that's me. I I have this massive pit of empathy in me and watching anyone, introverts like being lonely and I get that. I've learned a lot about introverts um, in general. So I understand that just because someone sits alone does not mean there's an issue. Um, So like to me, but I always just want people to feel included and someone that they can ask a question to whenever they're in a new setting. So that's always been me my whole life. Um, Tragic events affect me deeply. I'm very empathetic. Um, I would say my, your biggest strength in your life is typically also a weakness that can really impact you. And I would say my empathy is probably that for me. Um, It can be very hard for me to handle at times, um, but it also is probably my greatest qualities as a person and friend. So I think just always people like really believing who I am when I say, let's frick it. Like when I'm like ready to run through a wall, I think they're ready to go behind me because they trust me because they know that I'm going to do it because I want to do it because I am here for it. You know, not because I'm saying the thing that coach wants me to say. So I think it's like the realness, you know, like that I think I've always just always had success with and just like, I'm unapologetically me and then just like navigating that space as a coach and a leader is just professionally where I just keep trying to get better.
0: Was there a time that you look back and you weren't completely yourself? If you look back, is that something you've had to work on? I know it sounds like you've had impact from these coaches along the way that have been like, you need to be married. You need to be you. Is that been kind of those cheerleaders and, and supports and mentors that have helped you get to the point that you are now?
1: I mean, some, I mean, I've, I've played for coaches who have a hard time with, you know, like, it's well, and also my maturity, right? Like I had to grow up a lot. I'm saying the funny thing at the wrong time. Like that's like, <laughs> you know how many laps I ran and like, Oh my God, like club practice, like back when I was playing for, you know, the dads, you know, I'm small town Indiana. I grew up yeah, the other dads with a coach for a couple of years. Right. Like, Oh my gosh, I ran all the laps. Um, you know, it just like, so it's like, yes, like I, there were times where I just didn't know the moment and to me like selectively using your voice in your leadership makes you more effective than constantly trying to lead like there is a place even for a good leader just to sit back and observe and watch and listen and I think that makes you a more effective leader and I think me understanding that I didn't need to be a focal point because I was such a clown and I wanted to kind of be like this like funny girl all the time and like me kind of I think I never fully grow out of that I'm still kind of annoying at the right time at the wrong times but you know like but I think just navigating that space there were just a lot of moments where I didn't feel confident in who I was because I would have a good intention but I would get told to go run you know like or the team would run because I got you know it's just like ah oh, just trying to say a joke sorry coach like I gotta you know but like you know just growing out of that and so just kind of like navigating like who I really was and I didn't come out until I was 21 um so like did that define me? No. But like, was I navigating a lot internally with like who I was dating? Was I open? I didn't really get to like figure out who I was till after I came out. You know, even though I dated somebody, you know, like a girl before, you know, but it's just like was secret and flies. And so like, I didn't really get to be who I was. So yes, I think I probably like masked some of that stuff with humor. And I think the only safe space I really had was soccer throughout my life, like my parents' divorce was not traumatic. I'm just going to be honest. It was not traumatic. My dad was a family lawyer and they handled it very professionally. And they both loved me and I'm very lucky. But like soccer was always my safe space. Like throughout anything, whether mom dropped me off, dad dropped me off. I one time wore cleats to school because I forgot my tennis shoes at my mother's. Like, but those are the things I just masked like with soccer and humor. Like that, like I just like, so yeah, I think just coming out who I was and just like really growing into like, being an effective leader was like me learning to control those impulses. And then also just like really look at other people who I'm leading and like, am I navigating this space correctly?
0: You talk about navigating the space as we look forward, you mentioned recruiting earlier. What does 2023 look like for PNW as you like look at the spring? What are you trying to accomplish in this spring to hopefully catapult yourself, uh, maybe springboard yourself into some, more success moving forward into the fall. I
1: love it. Kieran, hey, any up coaches listening, just mute this next part for about two minutes. Um, <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> I'm just kidding. I love those guys. Uh, they're great. Uh, but anyways, no, it's it, really the focus is on the current team becoming better athletes is really hitting the weight room, but really to enjoy the weight room. Um, and then just individual, individual like, like, uh, what am I, what's the word? Uh, developing individually for the returners, to really, kind of like them focus on what they're doing. I mean, we're we were oh eighteen and one, right? Like it's not it's not good enough. And we all know that. So to me, it's individually right here right now, while I handle the culture and making sure that I'm still pulling them back in collectively, can they have a selfish mentality for their individual development, right like for this winter and spring and summer? And then my recruiting is to bring in players who just they they train at higher levels. like i'm I'm going after bigger club kids. Uh, it's not kids, the young women. Um, sorry, I apologize if I say kids, you guys. That's uh, not even guys, young, just people. Um, but in general, like I'm trying to go after young women and people who just really want to come in and grind, and they come from really competitive cultures. Every kid will look at you and say they're really competitive, but to me, it's about what did that club coach say? Do they run through a wall every practice? Um, and yeah, so that that's kind of what I'm looking for is just players who are and who aren't gonna settle for coming in and sitting on my bench. I want the recruits to come in and not see where they fit in. I want them to come in and stand out. I don't need players to fit in here. We didn't do well doing that. right? So to me, like it's it's kind of giving these players this platform, um but also my returners to feel make sure that they feel loved and given every opportunity to go with it. You know, so it's kind of making sure that I'm like equally propping up my returners. While embracing these newcomers to literally let them take the reins where they can. Does that make sense? You know, it's a fragile space because you got to make sure you're showing your returners love and every opportunity to to go. And I, I think I think they can.
0: I think that's one of the beauties of coaching is that balancing act <laughs> of keeping the ones that are in the program and meshing the new into the mix. And I love the idea of we don't need you to fit in. We need to. We clearly need to make some improvements. Um, Absolutely based on the results the other thing and I've never really talked about this with coaches but you mentioned um the other coaches in your league what what was that dynamic like coming into the league like a lot of people what I'm finding out even you talked about when it was like you know the coach at Penn or Pittsburgh and the coach at Notre Dame yeah. now they just like come on in and they sat down and were giving out all their information and people sometimes always think coaches want to keep themselves to one another like oh this is my idea this is your everything right What's it been like in the league in terms of support and, and, and kind of building those relationships even beyond your program now?
1: I I mean, going into this year also, like I, I, it was I knew it was going to be a really hard year. Like I didn't have time to really recruit and bring in, you know, like I got hired in February, like, you know, it's like, I went into this year literally just to kind of get to know the other teams. Um, Every coach in the GLIAC, they've been really kind, really welcoming. And everybody gives that front. Um, But realistically, the conversations I've had with them at camps, recruiting, the stuff where they're a little bit more them, you know, than on the sideline of our game, they're super cool. And they're super kind. And I mean, Greg from Ferris has been incredible. Katie Holton, I worked her camp over at Grand Valley before season even started in July. And we've just become good friends from just working our camp. And Paige, who was at Davenport, is now at Western Michigan. Like I just really connected with those two women um you know in my conference and that was just really helpful and then honestly meeting Turk Turk up at michigan talk like super kind guy we've had some really good conversations about discri- you know just like discrimination and certain conversations that we've had and and john over at northern michigan has been nothing but kind so realistically like the more i get to know i haven't gotten to know some of them as many as other as well as others but like the gliot coaches have been really welcoming and really kind and it, it kind of brings me more back to that midwest like put your arm around each other a bit. And I know they don't want BNW to climb up. Let's be honest. You kind of like that one team you play that you're like, yeah, okay. It's a little too close. We're going to get mad. You know, like, it's like, I get it, but I'm coming. Um, you know, and I think they know that and they're complimenting me. But when it happens, what's going to be their mentality? And I don't, I don't know, but they're so kind genuinely. That They can do whatever they need to, to get their program on. In terms of people, they all seem like really stand up people.
0: You just made me think about too. Both you and Alani took over programs at the similar times. um Is there is there a competition? What's competition like between you two? I know it's hard to sit there and base it on results because you're in different kind of setups and leagues and all that kind of stuff. But is there a part of you that wants to like? I want to get my program going so I can kind of egg Alani on. In.
1: I beat her in pickleball every week, and that's all I need in my life. Man. <laughs> that was our mental health Monday whenever we like had Mondays off from like you know training in the pool it was like we're out playing pickleball and she did take me once but like majority I got her um but no in terms of soccer which is I get I know the question we scrimmaged each other uh you know and they beat me but you know it's like Lonnie good you like you should like go on build that thing you know but I'm coming for you because good d2 programs can beat good d1 programs like I know that but realistically, like, how do I not cheer her on? They're they had some really good finishers, and to me, like, whatever quality she has, like, that's that's my person. And how honestly, the better her team is, and the happier she is, like, I'm good because I got my own thing. P and W and Chicago State do not conflict in any kind of conference, any kind of division. So there is zero reason why I'm not rooting on every bit of her success because it does not take from mine.
0: If you were to look forward, do you have? kind of a long-term goal or aspirations as to like maybe level you get to, or are you one of those that's kind of grounded, especially now that Alani's in the equation and what have you, and you're building that side of things when you look forward, are you just focused here and now, or is there part of you that's like, I'd like to go to the D1 level as well at some point or whatever NWSL or something maybe down the road. A
1: great question. And honestly, I think looking back to that moment when I was at St. Mary's before I went to East Bay and how I kind of almost left college coaching and went just club route. The one thing when I got back at East Bay, Cal State East Bay, which is their division two. Um, but when I got back there, it was literally just kind of showed me the light of just finding somewhere you're happy. Everybody in this profession, and not everybody, but like 98% of people in the profession are chasing something. What's next? That's tiring. That is so tiring. And to me, we're missing so much happiness because we're constantly looking up, this isn't good enough. And we're not focusing on the moment. Tracy Ham said that to me. And she's like, uh, her words are gold. Um, you know, and she just said that. Mary, like, there's not a lot of happiness in this profession. She's like, wherever you find it, you sit in it, you stay in it. And he goes, as long as you can until something is so easy that you have to say yes. And so to me, like, I own a house. Like, I'm happy. I moved to Indiana. Like, you know, it's like, okay, like I got a couple things working and I got, you know, the wife of my dreams. Like, look, now I just want to build this program and what's next is what's next. I literally am just happy. And that's all I need to focus on. There's, there is no what's next. If someone comes and chases me down, good for me to have that problem and that decision. But until then, I'm not chasing anything, but doing the job that I'm hired to do right here, right now. But there was a point in time I was trying to climb everywhere. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a, like IU it was my like dream job bloomington why because i'm a hoosier you know i know purdue it's weird um but yeah so that's that was kind of my dream job i think as a kid but now it's just like oh my god i just want to be happy and coach some soccer and have some fun
0: i love that and that is a <laughs> perfect spot to shut this thing down this is karen with coaches corner chats with mary whistler and i'm out peace thanks karen What a great chat. Thanks for checking it out. If you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter at CoachesLet'sChat. Hit that subscribe button. And once again, if you get a chance, drop a review. It's super, super helpful for growing the podcast. Have a good one. Peace.